Welcome to Flow State Business. Hi guys, I'm Ruby Lee. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy that you decided to swing by Flow State Land. I am literally hours away from jumping on a plane and moving destinations. We're going from hot, sunny, beautiful, paradise-esque Miami weather to somewhere freezing cold. And it is also our final stop in the USA. We've been here for three months. Our visa is about to expire and we're heading to freezing cold Boston and spending a few days there and meeting some family and then heading off to the UK and to Europe. But what does a girl do just as she should be packing and probably getting stuff together around this apartment? Yeah, I'm deciding to sit down with you guys to podcast and to film for YouTube because I have something that is extremely, oh, it's on my heart. And I want to talk to you all about it because I'm also getting a lot of questions about this one. And I'm guessing you know what's about if you've seen the title. So I want to address what it's like to travel with children. And this episode is really going to be great for you if you are currently a parent thinking about traveling, currently a parent not thinking about traveling because you've basically written it off and you've just decided that there's no way you can do that whilst building a business. And it's also going to be for those of you who are not yet parents and thinking about becoming parents or somewhere in the near future or late future, but you have some stories that you're playing out in your head right now about why you need to get all of this stuff done in your business and your life first before having kids, because everything is going to drastically change. And don't get me wrong, it does drastically change, but I just want to share my story to give you another perspective because I know that there's a lot of stuff out there around why it's just so difficult to be around kids and building a business and what the challenges are on top of that if you are choosing to live out a digital nomadic lifestyle, for example. So stick around. I've got lots to talk to you about. And I've also selected a couple of questions that are coming through on socials this week, particularly about this topic. You guys, I really do want to start involving you more in my episodes. As a quick side note, this year I've decided to not do as many interviews as in guest interviews. I personally don't love interviewing. Not to say the guests aren't amazing, but it's just not where I'm best in my mojo when I'm speaking to you all on the podcast. I can't put my finger on it. Maybe I need to brush up on some podcast interviewing skills, but I just always feel like these solo episodes are the ones where I feel my soul is so happy. It just wants to have chats. It just wants to speak to all of you in this solo way. But I still want to get you guys involved. I don't want it to just be this one dimensional conversation where there is literally no dialogue between you and me. So as a result, I'm going to pick out some questions and they're hopefully going to come more so from YouTube. But for now, we're building up the community on the YouTube space. I'm going to select some questions from all of my other social platforms. I have LinkedIn and Instagram where I'm fairly active as well. And these questions are a representation of the conversations I've been having inside of my DMs. And the first question comes from Anna Christiansen. Hello, Anna, all the way from Denmark. 
Anna is currently inside of some of my group programs. So I know Anna quite well in terms of her business positioning and what she talks about, but I wanted to give your question a spotlight, Anna, because I think it really addresses a lot of things that potential parents would also be feeling and questioning, as well as parents now who are wondering how it is exactly that you balance this. So Anna asks, my dream is to travel and to work. Is it challenging to combine work, family, and travels? I find sometimes it is destructive when doing it all. I really feel so many people can relate to this one where already you must lead busy lives. There's schedules, there's routines, not just your schedules, but your kids' schedules. Then you're running the business and to layer travel on top of that. I mean, of course, it sounds overwhelming, but this is the way that I think about it. When it comes to work and family and travels, I don't necessarily think about it as three individual boxes. It's one box that I put it all in. And I think about it, my mindset sort of goes something like this. If I were to work and, you know, run the family unit back home on the Gold Coast, I would still be extremely busy. You know, my kid plays a lot of sport. My husband has social activities. I have social activities. From time to time, we want to squeeze in a weekend away or a short trip somewhere, a holiday, for example. And then I think to myself, what is actually the difference if we were to be moving around the world and running the business and seeing amazing cultures and experiencing different things together the main difference if you really really break it down is you're around each other's energy 24 7 and secondly it's more so the mindset of preparing for travel days like today i have suitcases all around the house i'm asking teddy to finish his breakfast quickly, brush his teeth, get on schedule. Although ironically, here I am on a podcast with you guys. (laughs) But in saying this, there's not a great amount of difference in that. So I'm going to speak about it from this point of view. Give yourself some grace and things will have to rebalance. Your life is changing significantly because you're literally going to be around each other 24-7. That is probably the most significant change if you're on the road with your family. If you're just at home, you have different schedules, kids are doing different things, your partner's out and about, you have a social life. When you're a digital nomad, it can be sometimes classified as being quite lonely. For those of you that are natural hermits and you are introverts and you like being alone, this lifestyle of being literally, it's called a nomad, a digital nomad might suit you extremely well. So for me, I'm very much an extrovert and I like to travel, but I also love to have a social life. And my social life right now is my son and my husband. And from time to time, I meet certain people where I am, like back in Austin, I had some friends and people that are network, people that I met, but it's just not the same. So where it can sometimes feel destructive for me is I get very, very much in my own space. And I know for a fact that I need to get out. I need to socialize. I need to be around other people. Otherwise it drives my husband crazy. So think about what are the behaviors or what is the environment that sets you up to feel as though things are destructive. And whilst that is a strong word, I totally understand what you mean. It's self-destructive. It's self-deprecating. You start to talk to yourself a certain way. You notice that your mental health isn't as positive as it used to be or as it was. 
So ultimately it comes down to you to know what is going to uplift you when you're heavily traveling with your family and running a business. So for instance, I know that I need to be physically active every other day at the gym. I need to lift weights. I need to go for a walk every single day. I absolutely need fresh air. I can't sit at the laptop all day. I can't be at the office all day. I literally cannot be serving clients all day. That's I'm just in a completely different energetic state. I definitely love thinking about the business for most of the day. I think about content. I think about you guys. I think about the vision and the strategy. I mean, if you are an entrepreneur and a personal brand, I'm sure you can relate to that. Your brain is always on with ideas and what you can do for the business. And to me, when I travel, it feels expansive in that sense. But back to destructive habits, if you aren't acclimatizing to your new world, it will feel that way. It will feel as though it's taking over more than you have control over it. I also know from a balanced perspective, I like to have a couple of hours on the laptop and serving my clients in the morning. Then during the day, I will go out and have a really good time with my family. In fact, my husband, who has a very different personality to me, he'll always sort of semi-roll his eyes and go, oh my God, what activities have you got planned for us today? And I do, I love just having ideas of, hey, let's go here or let's hop in an Uber and check out this part of this city in this town or let's go and do this activity today. Let's go to a museum. I need to have that variety in my day. And this helps me stay balanced and out of the destructive zone. Because as soon as I have all of those stimulations throughout the day, and if let's say I've gone to a beautiful art museum or a science museum, it almost just feels like I'm at peace. I've done the thing that I'm here to do when I travel. I've had connected family time. I've had good food. I've had good drinks. I've seen the sun today. I've explored a little bit of the city and now I can go back and sit down at my laptop for the next 90 minutes or two hours, which by the way, science tells us that if you're wanting to activate flow, the minimum amount of time to get yourself into flow is about the 75 minute mark to 90 minute mark. So unlike some of the other teachings where you sit down and you do 45 minute blocks, you're nowhere near a level of super flow, which I can talk about on another episode. That brings me down to if I'm sitting down for some big blocks of work and I am combining work and family and travel, I need to set some pretty clear expectations and boundaries and like timetabling without timetabling with my husband. So because we are equally in the business and equally co-parents and equally traveling the world, we have this now fairly unsaid balance in our life where I'll say, hey, I need to go and create some content or sit down and do a podcast. Do you mind if you take Teddy for the next little while? And it's always like, yep, yep, no worries. And then once I create the content, guess what happens? It goes to him, to the cutting room, to edit some stuff and to do the post-production work. So then I'll take Teddy and there's that really nice swap and that balance. So for those of you that are working with your partners, that's going to work really well. For those of you who are not and your partners are in another job and have different expectations, it's a whole different game. I can't comment on that because I've never experienced that. Mike and I have literally built this business from scratch together and we've been parents together 
since we built the business. So this has just been our cadence over the last seven years, five years full-time in this business together. And it's worked so, so well. So I hope that does give some tips, Anna, to anybody else who's listening around how that works. And let me know in the comments if that resonates with you. Okay, I'm now going to go to another question, which is from LinkedIn. And this one is from Barbara. So I'm just going to read the comment. I'm a career diplomat, so we travel a lot as well. My seven-year-old daughter sometimes complains about having to make new friends. We don't live out of suitcases, though, because we tend to stay for extended periods in one country. We want to do that as well. However, she isn't always happy about being at a new school. She's very happy right now, though those episodes come up when she misses our main home and her grandma. How do you combat such episodes with your seven-year-old? I wrote back to Barbara on LinkedIn and I'm going to share what I shared with her on the podcast and here on YouTube as well. But I will say that this is absolutely something that we also experience. Teddy isn't enrolled in a school as we're traveling because it's sort of short-term travel. And up until a few weeks ago, school was out in Australia. It was summer holidays. So we didn't really have the need to have him in a school per se. And his school back in Australia are so accommodating. They've basically written off his absence from school as life experience. So technically he's still enrolled in his school, but he doesn't need to do school work because he's still seven. He's just turned seven back in December. And let's be honest, a lot of what, what do you do in grade two? You're still learning how to do basic maths and basic comprehension. So for him, when he's at school, he'll come back often from days at school and just say that was so easy. And he's an amazing student, but he needs more of a challenge than that. In saying so, he talks a lot about how he misses his friends and he's got a couple of besties at his school and his footy mates and his taekwondo friends and all those sorts of things. And he mentions them from time to time. And I notice when it happens is usually before bed and he's sort of thinking about the day or maybe it's like the quiet moments in the day when both Mike and I might be working and we'll say to him, hey, can you just sit down and read your book? And then he'll come over as I'm typing away on my laptop and he'll just say, hey, mom, I really miss Glammy and King Kong, which is what my parents are called. (laughs) My mom refused to be called grandma. She wanted to be called Glamma. And King Kong is because part of my dad's name is Kong. So we just thought it'd be funny to call him King Kong. And he's just always been called that. So you know, he's like, oh, I really miss Glammy and King Kong, or I really, you know, miss G-Dad and Nana Nisi. And it's just really lovely to hear that because at this point in their lives, they sense connection, family connection. They sense deep love. They sense there is something greater than passerbys and human faces, but they know who family is. And we have a really close-knit family unit on both sides, both my side, Michael's side. They adore Teddy. Teddy's got a really strong connection with all four grandparents. So, yeah, I mean, that definitely does happen. And, Barbara, what you're asking here is just, you know, I can really feel it. So one of the things that I do is often if I'm busily typing away and he'll say that to me, I mean, it's tools down. Straight away for me, it's stop the work and I will you know, get down at his level and just look him in the eye. And I'll just say, all right, well, let's talk about that. What do you love about them? And what do you miss about them? And if they were here right now, what would you say to them? 
And it's really nice to kind of get him to process that emotion out because often kids at that age still don't really know how to process their emotions. I mean, kids at our age (laughs) don't know how to process our emotions. So to give that space and that time, and I can see how he goes from a level of anxiousness or missing friends and family to just calm and he's able to articulate and talk that out. And sometimes he can't, you know, sometimes he'll be like, I don't know, I just do. And I'm like, okay, well, do you just want a really big cuddle and let's have a chat? And, you know, within a few minutes, he's like, okay, I'm good now. And sometimes this is the second thing that we do really well. If he really wants to say something to them or he wants to share part of his travel experiences with with them, we'll just say, hey, let's schedule a video call and let's get everyone on WhatsApp and just get the family room chat room going. We've got two family chat rooms going. And obviously sometimes when he's saying that, it's 2 a.m. back in Australia. So we'll message everybody and say, hey guys, when you wake up, do you have 20 minutes? You can jump on a call. And it's almost always, I mean, both sides are retired. My brother-in-law, my sister-in-law both work, but there's always priority there. And we get all the cousins on. So it's absolutely lovely. And often that's it. That's enough. It's good. 20 minutes, half an hour of a chat is enough to, I see, fill up his cup and he feels back on his happy way and he's skipping away back doing his thing. The third thing we do as well is if he's really missing home, there's a bit of a game that we play. And I'll just say to him, what's the difference between where we are now? So what's the difference between Florida and back home on the Gold Coast? And we'll play a comparison game. And sometimes he'll say nothing because there's the beach and there's palm trees and it's sunny. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. So it's the same and it feels really grounded. There's familiarity and that's really cool. And other times when we're in really different places like New York City versus our small town on the coast, you know, it's very obvious to him. And I think there's something about that which brings some consciousness to how exciting this adventure is that we get to see different environments. And that, you guys, is truly one of the most beautiful things about travel and family. And here's the thing. When I was, you know, in my 20s, I was in a previous relationship and I just knew I didn't want to have kids with that guy. I was never, ever maternal. And my best friends at school, they always sort of touted me as the career woman who would travel a lot, who'd be single, date a lot, never settle down, has commitment issues, would never want to have children. Absolutely bang on in my early 20s. Ask my mother and she would say to me, I lost so many nights of sleep thinking that I would never have grandchildren because my previous relationship, I was in it for nine years and she was waiting, you guys. She's like, guys, are you going to have kids? And all I was thinking about was how to avoid the conversation of not having children. Then comes along Michael and what do you know, fall truly, madly, deeply in love with him and he had a son from his previous marriage who was at the time six turning seven, same age as what Teddy is now. And I just fell in love with Henry. Oh my God. so cute. And we just got along so well. And I knew that I wanted to have children with this man. And I knew that I wanted a child that would have Henry as brother. So things can change so fast and so quickly. If you are that person that's like, I have no desire to have children, 
sometimes it can happen really quickly. And for others of you that are just deciding for sure, no, like I have some friends. I had a really good chat with my high school best friend and she just said to me, Rubes, I don't want to have kids and I don't know how I'm going to be judged for that. And I just said to her, babe, that's your decision. There's nothing wrong with that. I think that is actually a strong, independent woman making a strong, independent decision. And it's fucking awesome, to be honest. Like, do the thing that works for you. And if you're trying to have kids right now, you know, I'm sending you all the love vibes. But, you know, coming back to this conversation, I actually distinctly remember having this one thought where I need to go to all of these countries. And Morocco was one of those countries, right? Where I thought I need to go to Morocco because there's no way I can bring a child to North Africa. It's too dangerous. There's too much going on. I also had the same thought about South Africa. So I need to get to South Africa before I have children. And the third place that I had in mind was India, India and also Sri Lanka. And these were the three countries that I was like, I need to tick off. Otherwise, never going to be able to travel. And that's it. 18 years, I'm going to be able to see it because as soon as I have the kids, they need to be independent enough. And that was the thought that I had as now I would absolutely go to these countries with kids. (laughs) Absolutely no qualms about it. The only one that I'd be maybe a little bit not worried about, but more aware of is India with the food. That's pretty much it because I hear so much about, you know, getting upset tummy and things like that. So that's pretty much it. But then it's like, guys, there are children in those nations. There are expats in those nations. Children travel to and from those nations all the time. And I guess I'm just saying that to a past version of me. That's like, where did this thought come from? I also remember when I was heavily pregnant and there was probably weeks to go before Teddy came to the world. And he was two weeks early, you guys, by the way. And I had this insane thought in my head that was just driving me literally to anxiety. I'm like, I need to get all of this stuff done in my side hustle because I was side hustling at the time. I need to get everything, all my social media posts done. I need to get six months worth of content. I need to make sure that I have passive channels set up because when I'm having this baby, I'll never be able to access the laptop. I won't have any time for myself. And basically my life is going to go on pause for one year, maybe even longer. And that's it. And those sorts of thoughts were so present during the final days of pregnancy. And maybe it was hormones, maybe it was nesting, maybe it was survival instincts. I mean, those kinds of things came up and I was just in tears about it. And then those tears would bring on thoughts of, I'm never going to be able to travel to these amazing destinations. My loves, if you are there and if this is why you're so worried about accessing your level of dreams and your level of vision, just know that there is another side. And this is me seven years into being a mother and five years full-time into having this business and being a mother. And now this is my second time traveling around the world. There is the other side of the tunnel and the tunnel is a lot shorter than you realize. And often what plays out in your mind, this is anything to do with life and business, right? The thing that plays out in your mind is so much more nightmarish than how it plays out in real life. We weren't to know how it was going to go traveling with a kid. In fact, the first time we put Teddy on a plane when he was a toddler, we've traveled with him since he was a tiny infant, but let's go from the toddler age because that's really when things are serious. Like 
they want to run, they're on the move, they lose control of their limbs, they're kicking the seat on the plane. I mean, we took a short trip from Melbourne to Byron Bay. It's a very short flight. And as the plane was taking off, there was a child on this plane literally just screaming his head off and honestly just going wild. People were clearly annoyed. The air hostess was strapped in trying to like make funny faces at this kid. And I looked over at the parents and I was like, I feel so bad for them. This kid was literally top of his lungs screaming. And then, you know, I snapped out of it and realized it was my kid. And I was having an out-of-body experience (laughs) realizing that I was looking back at us going, shit, what do we do? This is going to be a really long, short flight. But that was the adjustment period maybe that he needed. But now on planes, oh, my God, you should see this kid. He's like a rock star. He rocks in. He knows the good seats on the plane. He always takes the window seat, which how rude, but takes the window seat. He knows how to access his movies. He puts his headphones on, presses the bell when he wants some snacks. It's just the best. And he sleeps really well on the plane. So there is another side and you're not to know how you're going to go unless you do it. So my tip is book a short trip somewhere and actually act as if. So do it if you want to live this lifestyle and you want to give it a go, or even just have periods of time when you're traveling and not necessarily being on the go all the time, book a short trip and don't treat it like a straight up usual vacation unless you really need one but this is an act as if trip so take your laptop take your content creation tools take your children pack your suitcase and try almost living out your day as though you were traveling full-time for a period of time and you've got your children you've got them set up with certain activities and you have that balance in the day where you're going out and you're going on adventures and then you have that balance in the day when you're selling and you're teaching and you're coaching and you're creating content do that for at least a week and see how you feel. If you love doing that after a week, then maybe book a two, three week, one month getaway with that. And if you love that, then bite the bullet. Put your normal life on pause for three months, pick a location, go to Italy for three months, book out that villa that you've always wanted to do, take the children with you, let the school know that they're going on a life holiday trip. There will be a solution. They want to keep your children enrolled. That's just what schools want to do. Or if you've always wanted to scratch that itch around homeschooling and you've wanted to work out what that looks like, take that opportunity. This would be a really fun project to have on your dream board. Do that this year, do that next year. If you have any questions whatsoever about traveling, kids, work-life balance, definitely reach out to me. Let me know in the comments what came through for you on this episode. I hope you loved it. I have to get going. I have to catch a flight to Boston. Wish me luck. It's going to be freezing cold. But you will see the vlog. I'm going to vlog this day and this trip. But I hope you loved it so much and I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye, guys.